How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carlos scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud post-game podcast for the playoffs. Kings lose Game 6 at home, they lose 4-3, and so that means, of course, another Game 7, because that is exactly what we all wanted, of course, right? Yeah, I absolutely wanted to spend another day being completely stressed and worried about whether or not they are going to go on to the Cup Final. I love this. This is fantastic. My liver also appreciates it. This is absolutely the way we wanted it. Also, like, yeah, your liver because you disappeared in a state of drunkenness. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a bar watching this game, and when the Kings lost, um, people around me had, you know, obviously noticed that I was watching the game, and I was very invested. I was wearing my Kings hat, which um, I have now lost because I was very drunk yesterday. But people bought me conciliatory shots, and I took them. That's my night and losing my hat. So kings are bad, but strangers are great, <laughs> is the moral of this story. Yes. Uh, but actually, that's not fair to the kings. They weren't bad at all last night, which is, I think, part of what makes it so, or what made the game so disappointing, is that they played really well. They had control of most of the game, and they looked really strong. They had some great scoring chances throughout the game, but it still didn't end in their favor, even though for a minute it looked like it was. Yeah. Uh, damn that Patrick Kane. It's kind of not even like damn Patrick Kane. It's like damn Duncan Keith. I mean, or I, I guess kind of Patrick Kane, because I think he got an assist on that. And really, the reason why that tying goal happened was because at one point, Patrick Kane did have the puck, and Trevor Lewis decided to focus on him instead of Duncan Keith, who was right behind him. And Patrick Kane ended up passing the puck to Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith is right in the slot, and Jonathan Quick is screened. He takes a shot, it goes in, and suddenly the game's tied. So... Damn Patrick Kane, but also, damn you, Trevor Lewis. What were you doing? Trevor Lewis, all we want to do is love you, and then you go do and do things like this. He had a rough night for, like, the second night, for, for the second game in a row, I should say. And him and, and Willie Mitchell, too, also had another terrible night. And people who were playing with them actually improved some. Slava Wojnow had a better night. It wasn't amazing, but it was better. Uh, Mike Richards had a better night. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Trevor Lewis and Willie Mitchell, a mess. Because then on the go-ahead goal, like, Willie Mitchell at one point is right there next to Patrick Kane. And even with his reach, and he's a pretty tall guy, can't, like, reach out and access Patrick Kane's stick at all. He maintains possession of the puck. Not deep in the slot, but he's in center. And the guys, there are a couple Kings players trying to tie up Blackhawks who might want to get tip-ins, as they should be, and it's fine. But a couple of them end up right in front of Quick, and he's screened again for this go-ahead goal. And then suddenly the game is out of the Kings' hands, and they are unable able to tie it throughout the rest of regulation. Uh, one thing that was super kind of weird was Andre Kopitar taking a goal or taking a penalty like five sec or 20 seconds, I guess, into the second period. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, it was a very the light on the whistles, light on the penalties in, in this game. But yeah, that was unexpected. And as as good as the Kings penalty kill has been against the Chicago Blackhawks power play, you know, something was going to give eventually. This was the game that did it. Well, they let in the early goal on the power play 
last game, I believe. And in this game, they had one penalty kill before that one that that they did pretty fine. That was like totally fine. But then, yeah, they completely let themselves down on that particular penalty kill. What I thought was funny, though, is that then the Kings got a power play goal thanks to Jonathan Taves taking a penalty. So at least it was like both centers, like number one centers for each team kind of messing up and allowing the opponents to get a little bit of an advantage. We were talking about this earlier. My favorite part about that power play goal, scored by Alec Martinez, by the way, which is nice because he's been yeah. having some good he's been having some good games, especially after that wraparound that somehow oh, did know. not go in. I was in agony uh, watching all of the replays. It was just like the uh, puck that bounced off whoever's like to fully stick the one uh, like the Peter Regan one. Right. Uh, yeah. It was just kind of like how. I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> how is that not in there? Yeah, I was really happy to see him get that goal after missing that chance because it was, like, so close. That would have been so beautiful. But then I think the goal he did get was actually even more fun. So, yeah, very happy for him there. Uh, yeah, but my favorite part about that particular goal is that Dustin Brown is, you know, in front of the net. And everyone should go back and rewatch it because he does, like, a full 360 spin um, with his arms up in the air. And it is phenomenal. <laughs> It's really funny because who is he trying to look at? Like the people in the crowd or whatever, but it is just like this dainty little spin in a circle <laughs> right next to Corey Crawford. Like he could have turned like, you know, maybe a, f- I don't know, a couple of inches to the right and then he would have been facing everyone to like cheer and celebrate. But in- instead he just goes the other direction and just does a full 360 just to make sure that, I don't know, including everyone in the Staples Center for it. Sure. <laughs> Slow spin. It's, it's great. amazing. A little Dustin Brown twirl. I, I I want that to become a thing now. Just like every time Dustin Brown made it just to score, people should just refer to that moment of him twirling in front of the net because it's pretty amazing. It's pretty great. I like now I'm curious if he's done it for like other <laughs> Maybe all of those times he's, like, fallen down in front of the net after somebody scores, he's really just trying to twirl, <laughs> and he can't complete it. And there's always there's always sticks and skates and, you know, whatever, so he's always fallen down, but this time, <laughs> free reign, so spin in a circle he will. Free the Dustin Brown twirl! <laughs> Just let him be. Just let him be joyous over his teammates' goals. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Dustin Brown actually had a, a pretty good game. Um, another person who stepped up a little bit from his last game, um, which wasn't horrible, but wasn't great either. And he's got an assist. I yeah, so he was pretty good. I would like for him to step up in Game Seven. That would be nice because now, of course, Game Seven you need everybody to step up um, if possible. Oh, somebody that we didn't talk about last podcast that we should absolutely talk about because he was really great in Game 6 again is Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin continues to be awesome on the ice. Jake Muzzin is fantastic, just like in general. Like this series, this playoffs, he's been pretty pretty darn good, both as like an offensive scorer, but also, you know, his defensive game has been on point. Yeah, in last night's game, he, he played most of the time with Dowdy, and he and Dowdy were both on ice for 23 shots for and only 12 against at even strength, which is awesome. And they had tougher zone starts overall in this game. So way to not only step up again, but raise your play a little bit, Jake Muzzin. Like, good job. I'm hoping that he does really well in Game 7. Like, yeah. continue this trend of being amazing. Maybe score another goal. Um that would be really nice. And and they spent most of their time um, against the Taves line, so really tough competition, and to come out that strongly at the end of the game, like, that's 
completely reassuring. And I hope that in Game 7 they put up another strong performance. I think, if anything, what this series has done for me in terms of defensemen is really prove that Robin Regeer should never be on the ice again. <laughs> they don't need him. There was a, a worrying moment at the beginning of, uh, like, before the game yesterday when Robin Regeer was taking the ice, yeah. practicing and whatnot, and everyone's like, oh, no, wait, please Nightmare don't, please fuel. don't. Uh, but then he was like, no, I think I need more time. So Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Take all of the time you need. And then probably, I mean, I don't know how much is, like, one is a result of the other, but this was also, it ended up being Andre Kopitar's strongest game in the series, being matched up so much against Jonathan Taves. He's come out in positive, on the positive side in possession in a couple other games, but not this much. Um, at five on five, he was a plus seven at the end of the game, which is great. So keep it up. I thought the Kings were absolutely the better team on the ice last night, and so it's really unfortunate. It was really heartbreaking not to see them not get the win because of a couple of really key missteps. The first of which, like the biggest of which probably, um, because maybe Andre Kopitar taking an early penalty in the second was the first, but the biggest one after that being Jonathan Quick allowing the most bullshit Ben Smith goal to ever happen. I would like to never see that Ben Smith goal again. Just Like that was just an awful goal to give up for Jonathan Quick. It was so bad. Him and Corey Crawford have both been pretty not great in the series. Neither one of them still above 900. So this game, I think a lot of them have been in the series decided by which goaltenders let up stupider goals at some point in the game that end up being kind of difference makers in a way, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that was just like he should have had... I just watched it again. He should have had that. <laughs> Why watch it again? It's so bad. He stops Ben, or he like tries to poke check Ben Smith's shot. So then when the goal goes in, it's like not even really a shot at all. It just sort of happens. It just sort of bounces off his skating in. Sure, fine. Let's do that. Ugh. Brutal. I, I hated it so much. I was so angry. Luckily, that wasn't the deciding goal, but it did sort of mean that at the end of the game, they were down 4-3 when maybe they would have been tied. And it still would have been unfortunate, but at least it would have been tied with a chance at overtime rather than now you've lost this game. One shining moment in the, in Jonathan Quick's game was him, of course, bumping heads with Corey Crawford. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I watched Steve Dangle's like, post-game, and he was like, oh, no, you guys can't get into fights. Like, you traded away Jonathan Bernier, but, like, come on. How often does Jonathan Quick throw his face into other people's faces? And so that um, was... Constantly through these playoffs. <laughs> um, so I really wanted, like, I was like, wait, is this going to happen? Like, I knew it wasn't going to happen. You know, they're, I feel like they know what's at stake in this particular one, but I liked him jawing at uh, Corey Crawford. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, the thing about that, too, is I was for a second a little afraid for Corey Crawford's life because he's the one that stepped up to Jonathan Quick, and if you had seen the goal that Jonathan Quick had led in that period, that's not a guy you want to confront. Like, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Quick somehow materialized a shank and stabbed him in the throat. I just, why approach him then? That seemed like a bad move. So congratulations to Corey Crawford on being alive. He approached him first and then, like, later on, just, like, was ended up being the one, like, backing away or, like, skating right, backwards yeah. in this thing. And Quick took over being, like, the aggressor yeah. of their little tiff. Crawford 
probably realized death was imminent and he needed to stop. <laughs> but yeah, that was um, that was uh, entertaining. Although at the time I couldn't enjoy it that much because the kings were still down to one. But it, yeah, in, in retrospect, in hindsight, it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to pull the gems out of this game since it was like I, I always think about this. Like, would I have rather them lost like four zero? Or, like, instead of this way, like, this is a heartbreaker. Or would I have just rather seen them get blown out and been like, oh, uh, it's, a lo- it's a loss. But here, it's like, God, it was so close. I feel like anyway, it would have been bad because it's, again, they're blowing another opportunity to clinch the series. To to also point out, like, I don't just want to, like, shit on Jonathan Quick for that second goal, because not that long after it, the Kings made w- the worst line change ever and gave the Chicago Blackhawks an opportunity to score two on zero. So, and then Jonathan Quick makes this awesome stop um, on Patrick Sharp, I believe it was. Like, he took the shot and Jonathan Quick got a piece of it just enough so that this puck hits the crossbar and then continues to bounce up and that was a big save and then you know eventually like in the or like later on then the kings go up three two and so great job but yeah it seemed like every time there was like a huge mistake it, it did it almost every time it did cost them and then eventually it costed them a game but yeah he he wasn't terrible throughout he had as he does a couple of big saves but they didn't also let in that stupid goal so ooh, i don't know just get it together kings <laughs> It was very much a game, like like you said, you know, mistakes happen, you know, there's always going to be a bad line tr- change by every team, there's always going to be some sort of weird turnover, but for whatever reason, with these, like, particular mistakes, the Blackhawks were able to capitalize on far too many of them. Right, yeah, like, in, in the third period, they the Blackhawks only had three shots on goal, and... So it's like, oh, they scored two goals on three shots on goal. That's pretty bad. And yes, but not in the sense that I don't really fault Jonathan Quick for either of the third period goals. I instead fault the defense. So it's like great for limiting Chicago that much during the third. That's awesome. But then when you do break down, you give them these prime opportunities that they capitalize on. So maybe don't do that. All of these things uh, keep in mind for game seven, please, because I I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. It's going to be rough. Somebody that I actually feel a little bad for after this game is Jeff Carter, who had an amazing first half and then somehow by the end of the night had been on the goal or been on the ice for three goals against. Yeah, it's rough seeing him be a minus three. It was like so unfortunate because he was playing so well, especially to start. And then he ended up having the lowest on ice save percentage of anybody on the team at like 66 percent or something which is so unfortunate so i know some of it is luck because i think at least on one goal maybe two it was just sort of like a weird his entire line wasn't even on the ice but the way that like the puck had bounced or whatever a turnover that happened it then ended up him and like lewis and king at one point and then him and gabrick and Toffoli. so he wasn't it wasn't totally his fault but it was just weird that by the end of the night he had just bit on for like three bad things and if there's anyone who has been, like, phenomenal, I mean, he got a hat trick in Chicago, and he's been well, or he's been well, he's been very good um, this entire series, so to see, th- like, to see this in a game that he also played well in is upsetting to me. Yeah. Like, it just shouldn't, it just shouldn't happen. And I think, I mean, because, like I said, like, at the top of the game, in the first period, at one point, the Kings had six 
chances on net like halfway through the period or something. I don't know. At some point during the first period, they had only had like six shots on goal and five of them were because of the 70s line, primarily because of how well Jeff Carter was playing and allowing that line to get attacking time. I hope that he keeps up, especially that first, that early portion of the game and manages to not be on ice or not allow anything disastrous to happen through the rest of the game in game seven. So what are your predictions? Um, My predictions is, is fuck both of these teams. I will yes. not miss this series. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think it's a toss-up. I think people are going to continue over the next day and a half or whatever to post analysis, and it's all going to be kind of bullshit, because I think at the end of the day, both of these teams are really close. I think the team, I think the Kings were the better team in the last game, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Blackhawks won't be stronger in Game 7. So... I think it's a little bit of a coin flip, and I think Jonathan Quick needs to not let any stupid goals, and I think Willie Mitchell needs to bounce back from the last two terrible games that he's had, and hopefully the Kings win, because I'm picturing them in the final, and I want that picture to be true. Yeah, I, I need the real life to mirror my dreams. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need to have it. I'm trying to visualize it, and I need it to come to fruition. The Kings are now the third team in NHL history to play all 21 games in the first three rounds. The other two teams both lost those third game sevens. It was the Colorado Avalanche in 2002. They were playing against the Red Wings. And then, because narratives are awesome and horrible at the same time, the other one is the 1993 Toronto Maple Leafs, who were beaten by the LA Kings. So let's have the Kings be the first team to play all three or all seven games in three series and win yeah that'd be fun i like that and then we should all be really prepared for them to go seven games in the final as well uh but win the stanley cup these are these are my hopes and dreams i think that obviously this is me just wanting things i think defoley's gonna score a goal tomorrow i hope so black hawk killer yep for that reason alone i think muzzin will score a goal Yes, I like it. And I think and I think Kyle Clifford is going to score a goal. I really hope so. That would be nice. <laughs> that is my like long stretch prediction is that Kyle Clifford will score a goal. I saw somebody on Twitter point out that in the first game 7, the Kings won, what was it, 5-1, and then in the Ducks game 7 they won 6-2. So somebody was like they're obviously going to win game 7, 7-3. Because that's the trend. A hat trick for somebody or just seven different players scoring goals? I'm for all of it. I want seven different players to score goals. That would be amazing. That would be so awesome. Now nothing, I will I will accept nothing else but a 7-2 <laughs> victory or a 7-3 victory against the Chicago Blackhawks in Game 7. Now that you have put that in my head, I'm just like, well, everything else is bullshit. So unless we <laughs> score seven goals. I think it's reasonable too because it means that Jonathan Quick has let in three goals, which seems to be a trend for him. So yes. totally believable. And the Kings continue to be the best offensive team in the playoffs so far. So go ahead, score seven goals. Do it. That's what I need to happen. All right. So Kopitar, Gabrick. Carter as mm-hmm. the top, you know, three-ish scorers. To Foley, mm-hmm. um, I want Kyle Clifford to score a goal. Yes, Muzzin to score a goal. Yes, and Dowdy will probably score a goal. Is that seven or more? That's seven. That's exactly seven. I've been counting. And then Justin Williams will uh, assist on all seven of them. <laughs> seven point night for Justin Williams. Don't ask me why he's on any of these people's lines, but uh, 
<laughs> he just materializes out of nowhere. He's magically that guy coming onto the ice and setting up plays every time. Yep. I, ver- I very much enjoy everyone's uh, changing their lock screen to Justin Williams, though. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Justin Williams lock screen. Everybody get on it. <laughs> I haven't changed mine yet, but I'm ready. I haven't either, but uh, I'm looking for the proper picture. All right. We clearly think they're going to win by a large margin. And even though I'm totally bummed out about this game, I'm like, whatever. Let's do game seven. That's my life. I'll just take a Xanax or something. I don't have any Xanax, but I'll find some. <laughs> And then we'll be set. Yeah, if you don't hear from me, it may be the same thing that happened yesterday. Strangers have um, purchased alcohol for you. Not a bad night in the end. Yes, so it it ended up all right for me. Um, But at least the Kings are still in it. You know, it wasn't an elimination game for them, which is still, I'm still marveling over that fact that it's not them constantly on the line. But yeah, so hopefully tomorrow, game seven, let's do it. Yeah, all right. So we will be here after the game, as usual, and hopefully it's a win. And if it's not, we'll still be here, but we'll be sad. I guess we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye, friends. Bye, all.